This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Auto News. Exclusive interviews. Real-world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, it is time to, uh, you know, talk to some normal car guys, uh, the regulars of the show. George Kennedy III, he is the co-founder of Cartender.com, vice president of the New England Motor Press Association. He contributes to U.S. News and World Report, Car Gurus, Forbes Wheels, and right here on The Drive. And uh, George is joining us from the uh, eastern seaboard, and he wants to talk about... Well, I asked him, hey, George, you got any info on the uh, the strike? I loved your answer, by the way, George. Do you want to repeat that? <laughs> I don't follow any of that stuff, man. <laughs> if, it, if it drives up the price of cars and I can report right. that to folks, yes, but, like, I'm not a labor reporter. Yeah. Right? If, yeah. Uh, you know, we've got folks who live in Detroit and they thrive on that stuff, and oh, I'll yeah. let that be their, yep. their area. You know what? Honestly... And listen, we have to talk about it on the show here. So, and there are people that that thrive on this stuff because it is what they do. They're like investigative reporters, different kind of a thing than you and I were enthusiast type reporters. You know what I mean? Right. Um, well, whatever the actual facts are about it, whatever the day to day news is, just know that your local car dealer, whether or not it's one of the brands impacted, will use it as a reason. To hike to the try prices. and charge you more for an automobile. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> well, and same with the used car dealership because they're going to say, well, you're not going to be able to get new cars. So, yeah, there's a ripple effect just, is what you're saying. And they'll say it just like that. Too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, you're not going to be able to get a new car. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we'll, we'll sideline that for a little bit here and uh, talk about a story you recently did, most expensive trucks. Now, I remember about, ooh, I'm going to say five years ago on ABC, I showed a truck and I, I, when I saw the price tag that was $80,000, this is about five years ago, I literally was embarrassed to say that it was that much money, 80,000 bucks, but it was a, you know, a big one ton diesel, fully loaded quad cab monster that had every, you know, everything you could possibly want, but $80,000, it, it just felt it just felt so wrong. But then I saw a funny meme on the way here. You know, they say 60 is the new 30, but the $100 bill is the new $20 bill. You know, and that's what's going on. Inflation, sure. you know, and, and all of the stuff that goes along with that. Our money just ain't worth what it used to be. So what was the most expensive truck out there? Well, so let's kind of start with the where people's expectations may have been, you know, you with your, I remember when a uh, banana was a nickel stuff, um, yeah, right. you know, you know, you said $80,000, right. For a fully loaded quad cab dually, et cetera, kind of right in the middle of the lineup. And there are some surprises here. The middle of the lineup is the GM Sierra 1500 Denali ultimate. And so that, that's a vehicle that, you know, for years was like, that's the most expensive pickup truck or, or define the idea of a high price pickup truck. That's 82,000. $500 yeah. um, for the Denali ultimate. But the thing is, and there are a number of luxury trucks on this list, but there are 
you know, other types of trucks on the list, like for example, the Ram TRX, $85,000, right? Yeah. And then, you know, the Ford Raptor R is, you know, coming out this year and that's going to be, you know, almost a hundred grand. But the, the most expensive trucks in this should come as less of a surprise, but the most expensive trucks in this list are that small but growing number of electric pickup trucks. Mm-hmm. So like the Rivian R1T launch edition, that's 85 grand. The Ford F-150 Lightning Platinum, $92,000. And then the most expensive is the, the Hummer EV in its first edition, and that's, that's $108,300. And, you know, these are for the first editions. Hummer is going to release, you know, non-limited edition models, Ugh. different powertrains. There will be more affordable versions of it, but understand it's sort of like sports cars like they're doing a cash grab of like oh you get to be the first you get a little badge that says you're the first and you're you're paying 20 grand (laughs) over what the car is probably worth for it right well again to me it's embarrassing to think that you can spend eighty two thousand bucks on a half ton pickup even though the word ultimate is there there are people that have to have the ultimate because they've got the ultimate bank account but the reality is you know, $40,000 used to be a lot. Now it's double because our our money is worth half. Oh, boy. All right, we'll take a little break. George Kennedy's here. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk about the 2023 Infinity QX60, uh, a test drive review. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. It's worked for a quarter million businesses worldwide. It'll work for you. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Well, you're listening to The Drive All Across America. We thank our uh, Subaru, our sponsor, uh, Subaru, and the new Outback. Go where love takes you. Um, Subaru has been a longtime sponsor. We appreciate them. George Kennedy III joining us, and uh, he has test-driven the 2023 Infiniti. The Infiniti is kind of like um, Nissan's version of the Lexus, which is Toyota's premium brand. So it's the premium side of Nissan. And, you know, the funny thing about an Infiniti is I think that they are often overlooked because somehow they just, George, and maybe you weigh in on this, they just never reached the elite or the ultimate you know, level of some of these other, like the Lexus and some of these other cars like that. Infinities are wonderful. They're fantastic machines. What do you think? 
Yeah, it's, you know, they're gaining ground. I know where that stigma might come from. You know, certain luxury brands might, you know, have their ups and downs. I think Infinity's done a really good job of differentiating itself from its Nissan counterparts. You know, if you're thinking about what's equated to in the Nissan lineup, the QX60 is the Infinity version of the Nissan Pathfinder. So three rows, in this case, seating for seven or six with the second row captain's chairs. And, you know, when properly equipped, and I think that's a, a pretty important thing to point out, is when properly equipped, it's a really nice SUV inside. Yeah. Um, it has a great sort of premium leather interior, great technology, sometimes a little awkward to use, but a great all-around premium SUV. So when you say awkward to use, you're talking about the um, sound stereo system, the, uh, what, the entertainment system, they call it? So yeah, the, the the infotainment technology at times is great. It has wireless Apple CarPlay, wireless Android Auto. So even if you don't plug it in, and by the way, wireless device charging is standard on the 23. That's nice. 60. Yeah. So you never have to plug anything in if you don't want. You can either leave it in your pocket or your purse or put it on the wireless charger. Never plug anything in. You can if you want. Your phone will charge faster, but just to be able to hop in the car and uh, and connect like that's really convenient. You know, let me just throw a little safety note out here because to me, this is really smart when they put the wireless charge. It's usually just below the stereo in, in an area where they might have an ashtray of yesterday, you know, right there in that uh, cubby hole there. And you drop your phone down and it just starts charging. You don't have to do anything. The good part about it, that's why I said the safety part of this, is that you know where your phone is every single time. More than likely, it's connected to the Apple CarPlay or Android Auto system of the car, so you shouldn't have to technically touch your phone. But I notice my wife, who is a very stubborn woman, and you know she has to be because she's married to me. She puts her phone in a different place every time. Sometimes it's in the, the door panel of the driver's door. Sometimes it's in her purse in the back seat. Sometimes it's in the center console with all the other stuff. Sometimes it's on the floor. It's fell off the seat. It was on the seat and it went onto the seat on the other, the right hand door when she went around the corner. And so she's always fishing for this phone and it's going to cause the death of her at some point. Good idea to put your phone in the same place every time so that you can keep focused on your job of driving the machine. You know what I mean? Anyway, I had to rant because it happened yesterday. She says, quit backseat driving me. (laughs) Anyway, back to the Infiniti QX60. It's the Infiniti version of the Nissan Pathfinder, he says. You got about one minute into the next segment. How new is the 2023, or is it just a refresh from 22? And, you know, what's going on there? So in 2022, it was completely redesigned. It's largely a carryover. So if wireless device charging is not a thing you need or or care about, you can get a a used 2022. Yeah, otherwise, it's almost an identical vehicle. It's it's got a a V6 that makes 295 horsepower. You can get it with front-wheel drive or all-wheel drive. Mm. The third row is a little tight, but honestly, third rows are usually just for kids, so that shouldn't be the biggest deal. Yeah, it does a good job at the whole grocery getting, practice, drive around town, commute role. Yeah. You said front wheel or all wheel. Is it, uh, is it a body on frame chassis or is it a uh, unitized construction? 
I want to say it's the latter. Yeah. I mean, unless it's you know, unless it's the big version of any luxury brand, right? They're almost all vehicle, unitized. It comes a V8, and I think it tow. Assume that it's a crossover, yeah. or a car-based chassis. All right, hold tight. We'll take some more uh, time on this one here. It's the 2023 Infiniti QX60. This is the meat and potatoes. I think this size, mid-size SUV. We'll be right back. It's the drive. Stay with us. This message comes to you from our sponsor, Subaru. Discover the all-new 2024 Subaru Crosstrek Wilderness. With exclusive technology and safety features, it's packed with upgrades to its off-road capability. Standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, 9.3 inches of ground clearance, 182-horsepower Subaru Boxer engine, and improved gearing to climb the toughest trails. See what's beyond the far boundaries of the map in a rugged Crosstrek Wilderness. Adventure on the Edge. This is The Drive with Alan Taylor. George Kennedy III joining us, freelance automotive journalist. He is uh, very prolific in his uh, folks that he works for. He's the vice president of the New England Motor Press Guild, contributes to U.S. News, World Report, Car Gurus, Forbes Wheels, and for us here on The Drive, and we're talking about the 2023 Infiniti QX60, which is their kind of mid-sized Nissan Pathfinder QX60 on the same platform. And I, I asked George, I go, are you sure, during the commercial break, are you sure it's front-wheel drive or all-wheel drive? And George says to me, go ahead, George. Well, I, I, I didn't want to mansplain to a man, but... <laughs> If it's if it's a body on frame SUV, so like a truck, right? Then expect it to be rear wheel drive or four wheel drive. Correct. And then if it's unibody crossover, not always, but most of the time, it's front wheel drive and then available with all wheel drive. So right. think about it like a sedan, right? right These are right. they might be upsized, but they're similar style platforms that they ride on, and that that pays dividends where. You're not towing as much, but the ride quality is much improved because of that. Now, you started to say something about going to get pizza in the commercial break there, but I, I we got off the subject. What were you going to say? Because you, you almost called me Jordan. <laughs> and and I'm like, you know how many times that happens when I'm at Starbucks and I'm trying to get my coffee and they're like Jorge or Jordan or Josh or anything other than George, as if that name is from antiquity. Is there a short for George, like uh, for Richard, it's uh, Dick, for Bob, or it's Robert, it's Bob? No. There's no, no George is like orange, where it's like in between one and two syllables. Right. And any nicknames actually lengthen it? No, no, we could call you Geo. We'll just call you Geo. That's all from now on. Yeah, that's still longer than, I feel like, longer than George. That's still, or the same the same length as it. Or same, G, same amount of work. Sure, whatever. Yeah, G-Dog. That's what it is. All right, so the 2023 Infiniti QX60, how much window sticker did we have? Yeah, so the QX60 starts at $50,000, and our model, our sensory model with options, costs $65,000. Now, for reference, that... $50,000 base price undercuts a majority of this segment. And, you know, there's some stiff competition in mid-size luxury SUVs. You know, you've got the Mercedes GLE, the BMW X5, the Genesis GV80, you know, the Lincoln Aviator. There's some heavy Audi Q7. There's some heavy hitters here. And it 
it sort of isn't almost on the same level, but it costs about 10 grand less than most of those cars. I think the, the most direct rival would be the Acura MDX, right. which also costs about $50,000. Right. You know, when we went looking for midsize SUVs, because we have some grandkids now, my wife's like, we got to have a nice little SUV to be able to take the grandkids if we get, you know, babysit and all that, all the car seats and all. We have, we have five now, George. Good Lord. Anyway. Nice. So we went looking, and my wife just did not want, you know, a three-row vehicle. Just didn't want that size. So we ended up with, uh, believe it or not, she, I let her pick. I said, you can have whatever you want. And I was being very generous because I couldn't afford whatever she wanted. But she ended up only wanting a Nissan Rogue, which she loves. And it's a nice-looking car. It's the uh, little brother, you might say, to this in Nissan's clothing, you might say, to this QX60, which is a Nissan Pathfinder. The Rogue is one down. But her the price range was really, there's like, what is the cutoff for these things? In her case, it was like, she didn't want to spend more than like 30-ish thousand dollars. You're talking 60 grand. That's some some tall tall dollars, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and Nissan is smart in that they do offer a number of options at various vehicle classes. Like, so the Pathfinder is a mid-sized three-row SUV, but Nissan also offers the Murano, which is a very popular mid-sized two-row SUV. Right. And that starts at like $38,000. Right. So let me, you have about a minute and a half left. Did you love this thing? Did you like it? Did you not like it? Was there, you know, give me the good, the bad, and the ugly real quick. Yeah, I, I did like a trip from, you know, down to Connecticut in it. And it was like about an hour each way. And that was a really pleasant drive on the highway. It's not the sportiest. It's not the most comfortable. Hmm. It's in that sweet spot of doing a lot of different things well. Right. If you want to go the sporty path, there's the BMW, right? If you want to go the comfort path, there's the Mercedes-Benz. It kind of strikes a balance because... Or they, the Lincoln. You know, the, the, or Lincoln too, right? You know, we were so looking. It, we were looking at the Lincoln, and it was fantastic. But it was sixty-five thousand bucks. I'm like, no, we could buy the one we're getting and a boat and a motorcycle and a couple of new bicycles for the same money. You know, right? Exactly. So yeah, for it, I would say it's a it's a really strong value as a luxury vehicle, and that's yeah. you know we too often focus on badge prestige or opulence in a luxury vehicle when really it's still. You want to get your money's worth. Yeah. Is there a story anywhere that you can uh, send people to, or we just, this is it right here? This is a uh, Alan Taylor exclusive. Oh, baby. All right. Well, you know, it sounds like you give it, for the most part, a thumbs up. I mean, it is an infinity, it's the uh, premium side of uh, Nissan. I have said a thousand times for the last 25, 30 years Nissan and Infinity are often overlooked by people i don't know why they're always just good quality machines and you don't hear people complaining about ownership that's such a key factor you know you, you the range rovers of the world all you hear is people complaining but they keep on buying them because status symbol anyway thank you right. george appreciate it um all right coming up next well we're we're gonna have to at some point talk about the doggone uaw strike you're listening to the drive we'll be right back with more thanks george kennedy stay tuned there's more of the drive with alan taylor attention business owners 
3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, I told you we were going to have to, at some point, talk about the UAW mess. Oh, my gosh. Lauren Fix is here. She is the publisher of Car Coach Reports. Put a .com on it and you're there. CarCoachReports.com. Lauren, it doesn't look like it's going well. No. Yeah, the UAW uh, went on strike Thursday at midnight, as we expected. There were a counteroffers, but I think it's important to know what the whole deal is. I mean, originally, it was presented to all three automakers all at the same time that uh, the UAW wanted a 44% increase over four years. Stellantis, GM, and Ford came back with counteroffers. Ford at 20%. GM at 20% with 10% in one year, in the first year. And then Stellantis came back at 17.5%, and they said no. So Stellantis came back just earlier in the week at uh, 21% and still is a no. So UAW has reduced their asking of 44% down to 36%. I know. So let's take a look at the bigger picture. Because I think what people are like, oh, these these car... uh, Executives, they're making crazy money. They need to give in. They're making billions of dollars. Okay. First off, I'm not disagreeing that the CEOs are making too much money. I think their numbers that they're getting paid is crazy. But that's between them and the board that elected them, that hired them. So you can scream at that all you want. And yes, you want a piece of that pie. Yeah, but you're not going to get that much. But I also understand the other side, UAW, once they pay their wages, they're only making like $17 an hour. That's not enough to live. McDonald's pays more than that. Right. So they do need an increase. Do they need that big of an increase? It's a bit aggressive. Sean Fain, who's the UAW president, is putting his heels in. He is demanding this. And so what they've done is what's called a targeted strike. So instead of them just going after Ford or GM or Stellantis, his strategy is to go after all of them. And so midnight on Thursday, they went after the Jeep plant. They went after the Bronco Ranger plant and the Colorado plant, and they all striked. Now, there were some workers that stayed, but, you know, you can't build a car with 600 people. You need a lot more than that. So they were all sent home. But this also impacts suppliers, which may or may not be union. Mm. And, you know, if they got engines to ship, 
and there's no one there to receive them, or if they are there to receive them and they're non-union workers, it's going to pile up and they don't have the inventory space because they live on what's called just in time. And I mean, just in time is so close that literally they'll show up an hour to two hours before they need to be installed into cars. So inventory is kept, you know, constantly rotating throughout the manufacturing process. They have this down to a pretty fine science. And yeah, they do deserve more pay. How much more? That's a difficult question. But there are some no-goes. And some of the no-goes are they want to get paid for 40 hours a week, but only work 32. Right. There's no executive that's going to agree to that because they'll get fired. They'll, yeah. they'll, they'll end their career right there. Right. They also would like to have full health benefits for retirees. That was given up back in, I think, 08. And I promise you that will not come back either because both of those two factors, last two factors, will put the companies into bankruptcy, which is why they all went bankrupt at some form or another. Right. So just to recap briefly for those that don't follow this like you and I do, Chrysler went bankrupt multiple times. They were bailed out with your tax dollars. The federal government gives money. It's your tax dollars, money that you pay in for everything, whether it be food or whatever, all that money goes to the federal government. They can do what they want with it. So that's the problem. I think they have too much money. But they bailed out Chrysler the last time. They were unable to stay alive, so they became FCA, Fiat, Chrysler, and the Italians owned them. And that's Alfa Romeo and uh, Fiat and Maserati, Maserati and yeah. Ferrari was in the mix. So now they couldn't make money. So the Italians are like, we don't know what to do. So they put it up for sale and was purchased by a company called PSA, which might be known to you as Peugeot. Right. So Carlos Tavares is the CEO. He is based in France. He is not based here in the U.S., although their headquarters is currently here. He's already made a statement that they're going to reduce their footprint at their corporate headquarters dramatically and start closing down plants. Whoa. So that is a problem. Yeah. When you push back, what are you going to do? Take his money away? You can't. He's from another country. Right. It'd be like going into Japan. Uh, it's not going to work. So note that why the big three automakers, Ford, General Motors, and Stellantis, which is, includes Ram, when they're getting strikes against them and they can't produce product, that means people look elsewhere. They look at Honda, Hyundai, Kia, you know, all the German brands. And where are their plants? They're in the South where there is no union. And what I fear is that if Sean Fain continues to push and refuses to bend, what will happen is car manufacturers say, we got to build something. We can't go out of business, especially as of Friday at noon, which is Friday the 22nd at noon. They are planning on an additional strike of three different additional plants. Okay, so, so we're 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 recording this on the twenty first on Thursday, so that's why she said Friday because the show will air on Saturdays and Sundays. So yeah, so you'll so know. You'll know. Now here's an interesting little tidbit I just found. Our friend uh, John McElroy just posted this. He said, of course, now Ford's in the mix. Average UAW Ford worker today earns $112,000 a year, including wages and all benefits. That's like all inclusive. Uh-huh. Ford's latest offer would bump that to $133,000 from $112,000, including $92,000 a year in cash for wages, bonuses, and profit sharing. 
Ford would uh-huh. reinstate COLA, whatever that is, C-O-L-A, eliminate all tiers, increase retirement payments for in-progress workers, bring time off to five weeks and 17 holidays, and cut in-progress time from eight years to four years. And so far, this guy, Sean Fain from the UAW, said no. But uh, right. I think that, the average person... Enough. I would love to make hundred and twelve thousand dollars a year, and I and and I, you know, their latest offer bumped it from one hundred and twelve twenty one thousand dollars to one hundred thirty three thousand, and that still wasn't good mm-hmm. enough. I this whole thing is is maddening because look at the world, everybody, right now. Look at the world around us. Why not? Well, I know why. I'm going to say because this is like that old joke about all the body parts that got into an argument about which one is the most important. And the rear end decided, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm sick and tired of all this fighting. So your rear end stops working and all the body parts start getting sick. And they all unanimously worked and said, hey, we worked together and said, okay, you're the most important. Please let go, let go. And, and that's kind of where we're at. Not that the auto workers are the rear end of the whole thing, but right now they're sure acting like rear ends, horses yeah. rear end anyway. They need to just try and fix this as quick as possible for the sake of everyone that offer the ford made that's not going to happen no i know it's right now i'm going to tell you let me read my crystal ball the last time they was a strike was pointed at general motors and they were trying to build corvettes and for a month and a half they didn't build anything so what is the impact to you the average person goes whatever this doesn't apply to me i don't really care here's what it stands for every 10 days we're on strike is $5.6 billion impact to our economy. Oy. That's big. Oy. All right, hang tight. Lauren Fix is with us. You can find her reports at carcoachreports.com and, of course, on social media, at Lauren Fix for Twitter or X. Uh, Instagram, hashtag carcoachreports. She's all over the place. We'll be right back. A little more on the UAW. Crazy on you. Every time I word never carries a lot of weight. Never forget, never settle, never surrender. And now Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up. With the 475 horsepower Durango SRT 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. This is The Drive all across America. Thanks to our friends at Subaru. Um, all I can say is that, you know, Lauren Fix and I are talking about the UAW, if you're just joining us, the United Auto Workers and their strike. Um, I, I don't know whether a collective prayer would work. I don't think so. But Lauren seems I to think, think it's so. going to, it's yeah. just going to go and go and go, and it's going to cause a lot of headaches. And in our next hour, there's a guy that is actually. He's figured out a way to make money when times are tough. And I'm doing a whole hour with this guy because it's so bizarre. So tune in in the next hour. But anyway, any more thoughts on on this insanity that's going on with UAW? Well, first of all, I need to listen to your guy when times are tough. It's always good to get some good (laughs) insight because it's easy to think you've got it. You know, I got this. I got this until things hit you. And then it's like, oh, boy. 
So well, we, you and I talk about this stuff off here all the time. So it's it's kind of neat. So I'll be listening in. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot a lot of interesting things going on. Um, I'll avoid the political angle of this, but what's interesting is is the UAW is big. It's not just the auto workers that are building cars, but it's also some of the suppliers. And one of those suppliers is a company called ZF, and they make transaxles or transmissions for the average person for Mercedes-Benz and other cars. Well, they walked off on strike because they want more pay. Again, union workers are always going to align themselves together. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I I get it. I get it. But unfortunately, it's impacting the plant in Alabama that produces some very expensive Mercedes SUVs, including the GLE Coupe and the Maybach GLS. Oh, boy. So... Yeah, those are so it, the impact is not just like, oh, ha ha, it's just three domestic. I'll go buy another brand. It's going to, as the suppliers can't afford to keep people working if they know when to deliver their components to. Right. And that will eventually impact pretty much every brand. I don't know about Tesla necessarily, but pretty much all the other brands. And that's not good. And once there's an additional strike, if they target the cash cow, if they really want to end this, you go after the F-150 plant, the Silverado plant, and the Ram plant. And yeah. that will cause them to want to talk quicker. Yeah. Well, the ripple effect of this, you were just talking about Mercedes and Maybach, is wide. And mm-hmm. I do believe they are taking advantage of the fact that things are tough all over for everybody because interest rates are high. And it's like, for example... The Jeep Wrangler and the Jeep Gladiator are very popular vehicles. And I happen to have a diesel. You and I are both diesel nuts. But mm-hmm. there's like seven or eight of them sitting on the Chrysler dealer, the Jeep dealer uptown here in my little town. Oh, and are hard to find. But you, they can't sell them because they can't get the parts to fix the recall on these little diesels. And I, I called the other day and I said, hey, 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 hey. I kind of want to buy another one because, you know, I got 16,000 miles on it. I like to drive brand new cars all the time. So I, I, yeah. I, I try and sell it while the value is still there. And a lot of times, you know, so mine is actually worth more right now than what I can even, you know, even imagine because you can't buy a new one right now because there's a recall on them and the parts are not available. So and the plant is shut down. And the, the plant shut exactly. down. Exactly. So, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, what a weird. So if I do want to sell it, I can get I can get all that I paid for my twenty two Jeep Gladiator, and maybe then some, but I then I won't have that vehicle. So the problem is, I think, oh, I better keep it. This is that ripple effect we're talking about. Maybe there's going to be right. another one of these things where we're not able to get some of these cars and vehicles and trucks that we want. So you better well, have a the spare strike one. continues. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, cost of new cars is going to go up. Cost of used cars oh, yeah. is going to go up. Yeah. And we're going to be right back to where we were. Now, will it be an all-brand? Sure. It's going to be a supply and demand situation for sure. Yeah. I think it's just really a strange time in the history of our world. So many things going on. And the biggest problem of all, perhaps the unions are not thinking about this, and maybe they should, with all of these tens of thousands of immigrants coming over the borders 
and they're getting work permits, work visas, you might say, there's going to be more people vying for those jobs. And um, so the problem is being caused, and uh, people are not thinking about this. It's going to be hard to get a job. And they're going to start building in non-union states. It's already coming with the batteries. There you go. It's not good. It's going to cost them in the big picture. Let's take another little break here and come back five more minutes with Lauren Fix. Uh, CarCoachReports.com. CarCoachReports. Lauren Fix. We'll be right back. Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. It's worked for a quarter million businesses worldwide. It'll work for you. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. This is The Drive with Alan Taylor. Lauren Fix joining us, carcoachreports.com on the web. She's got a YouTube channel. She's uh, all over the place on Twitter and Instagram, at Lauren Fix on Twitter, Instagram, carcoachreports. Um, Lauren, in the next hour, we've got a guy that uh, is in the Guinness Book of World Records for selling the most cars in one day, 1,585 cars in one day. Wow. And he, he made a lot of money. He typically sells 53,000. Like last year, he sold 53,000 cars. It's more than 1,000 a week. And he does not sell any to the public. It's all through the dealer auctions and what have you. But he buys vast majority of his cars from the public. So, yeah, it's very, very, wow. very interesting. Anyway, so gas prices continue to rise. And I got to tell you, I'm going to a wedding next week down in San Diego. And I was thinking about taking my motor home, which is a diesel. And I started thinking about the price of, you know, eight miles to the gallon going down into California. I'm sure it's what is it right now around the country? You know, it's five anyway. What are you hearing? Uh Current pricing is $6 a gallon in California. That's in San Diego and in uh, L.A. County. Average price across the U.S. for diesel is $5.01. And average price of gasoline is $3.88 across the entire country. That's 20 cents up per gallon from a year ago. Six bucks a gallon. So, I know. So that what they want to hide. That would they think it's going to push you to EVs? Yeah. Right. No. Right. <laughs> Hell no. But anyway, that changes my mode of operation, my modus operandi, because I'm not going to pay the expense. It's just not worth it. It's easier at that point to drive a car that gets thirty miles to the gallon 
instead of eight. And then the mm-hmm. extra money I'm saving will let me stay in a hotel. So technically, all of us that have the big trucks and motorhomes and things that we've lived our whole lives to be able to afford, we don't want to drive all of a sudden. Isn't that sad? Well, there's a lot of sadness going on right now. I, I, you know, I, this is something we didn't talk about off air. Did you see that the state of California wants to track anyone who owns a collectible car that's older than 1972 and find out how many miles they're driving on it per year? Why would they want to do that? What the heck? What do you think? Well, I don't they know. want to eliminate it and say, oh, you can't drive those. We can only let you drive 100 miles a year because your carbon footprint will be too big. Or uh, better yet, you don't drive it enough, so we're not going to let you drive it. That is not going to go over well because where do you think all of those politicians' money comes from? Very wealthy people who typically own very, very, very expensive cars. Like when you cover Barrett Jackson, yeah. those kind of cars. Yeah. By the way, speaking of uh, collectors, uh, Peter Mullen passed away, who owns uh, the Peter Mullen Museum. Well, now that he's gone, it's the Peter Mullen Museum in in Southern California. But he was a huge collector of cars. And you wonder what is going to happen when they start pulling this garbage. Are they going to, you know, give us... No, they're not going to give us a tax break for owning these collectible things. No, uh, no, they're going to charge you for extra right, for it. Right, you're going to. It's going to. Yeah, it's going to be a massive deterrent. But I'll tell you something: they're about to uh, find themselves in a big battle with the folks at SEMA, S E M A Specialty Equipment Market Association, because they're the watchdogs for this kind of garbage. It really, it infuriates. Uh, they need me. more money. They need more money. I've worked with them. I also work with a lobbying firm out of New York City where we were able to make sure that that AM radio bill gets passed in the House so that you have AM radio. You can listen to Alan Taylor. So we're a part of that. And this will be another fight. Yeah. And I'm telling you, this is really, really, really stupid. First off, I have cars that are still in what they call the MSO. You buy them from the dealer. There's this piece of paper that says it's registered to the first owner. I have cars that have never listed as ownership because right. I have a, de- a small dealership with two plates. And I move those plates around to multiple cars. Jeez. So I'm never going to tell them what my mileage is. And I live in New York State, which is just as bad. New York is California. Oh, Same thing. There's yeah, no difference. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Lauren Fix, carcoachreports.com. Thank you, Lauren. By the way, um, this guy coming up next... 53,000 cars last year, uh, $2.5 billion, and how does he get his cars? The website he has is send me your VIN. It's a, you, you send the guy your VIN number, your vehicle ID number, and he makes a bid on your car. He bids your car over the phone and buys it from you, and he does 1,000 cars a week like this. So, uh, wow. very interesting. All right. We're in the wrong business. I know. I think I'm going to go to work for him, by golly. Um, yeah, really. There's another hour to go right here. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you, Alan. Stay with us. And if you want to sell your car, listen to this next hour. We'll be right back. This message comes to you from our sponsor, Subaru. Discover the all-new 2024 Subaru Crosstrek Wilderness. With exclusive technology and safety features, it's packed with upgrades to its off-road capability. Standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, 9.3 inches of ground clearance, 182 horsepower Subaru Boxer engine, and improved gearing to climb the toughest trails. See what's beyond the far boundaries of the map 
in a rugged cross-trek wilderness. Adventure on the Edge. This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Auto News. Exclusive interviews. Real-world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, I got kind of an interesting guest on today. Um, I don't even know where to begin with this guy. His name is John Clay Wolf. And uh, you've heard of the Wolf of Wall Street. They call him the Wolf of Car Street. And it's for how fast he buys and sells cars in such a massive scale. As a matter of fact, he holds the Guinness Book of World Records for the most cars sold in a day. 1,585 cars. I don't even know how to describe it. He's so busy, he had to call from his car while he's driving to his ranch. He was born and raised in Dallas, Fort Worth. I was born and raised in Houston. We're kind of cousins there, by the way, John. Do I call you John Clay, JC, the wolf? What do I call you? Whatever whatever feels right with me. (laughs) The reason I'm driving to the ranch is because I finally found the barn find of my career. Uh Uh-oh. And they're delivering those cars to the shop or holding barn at the ranch right now none of them run by the way so i had to run by harbor Freight, and i walk in there i'm like i need 24 sets of rollers they're like 24 <laughs> like yep we got a lot to unload oh my gosh well you know here's another funny thing about all this is that you also matter of fact you and i are competitors which i i love competition is good right you have a radio show called the John Clay Wolf Show. It broadcasts Saturday mornings. A lot of my radio stations to carry the show Saturday morning from 8 until noon. How is that even possible that you do from 8 until noon? That is, that's crazy. Central time. Man, when you love what you're doing, it's easy, man. You just roll with it. <laughs> yeah, Maybe right. I, I've been giving up my Friday nights for 18 years to do that on Saturday morning. Oh, my god! At 11 o'clock, I'm like, I don't care how good the party is. I'm like, we're going home. I'm done. I've got 11 o'clock curfew so I can hit the ground running on Saturday morning for the well, past 18 years. It's a blast. You have, um, I would say that you have done what few have dared to do. I mean, I'm looking here at some of the stats. Nearly $5 billion dollars worth of sales in the last several years of course nickname in the last what's what it just says several so i wasn't going to try and wow that's a huge amount of cars founder and ceo of give me the vin.com which is the world's largest wholesale car dealer uh and actually it says in the country but i have to imagine there's nobody else in the world doing that generating nearly five billion and maybe just give me the elevator pitch on how in the hell do you do that much business? And is, is it all, it must be a website that generates tremendous number of sales. Give us a little bit on GiveMeTheVin.com. So I've been in the car wholesale trade for 31 years. I'm 51 years old now. And I was injured badly in a motocross accident, paralyzed from the waist down trying to figure out what I was going to do with the rest of my life. Now that I couldn't go to auctions, I couldn't go to dealerships, I couldn't go chase the cars, so I had to develop a way to get the cars to come to me. I love it. And I came up with Give Me the Vin, that brand name, about, oh, 
seven years ago. But the radio show, I was bidding people's cars on the air, and that started 18 years ago, right after my wreck. Mm. So that's how all that came to be. And I'm like, nobody will see me in a wheelchair on the radio because it's not televised. And once the systems that decode the VIN numbers became so smooth, all the dealers were, you know, give me the VIN, text me the VIN, send me the VIN. And we're all texting each other VINs instead of descriptions. And we would dump that VIN number into whatever appraisal tool we had to bust Carfax and Mannheim transactions and all that stuff. I'm like, I just need to name the company, give me the VIN. And car dealers are so scrappy and competitive. I was like, they're going to try to steal this name from me once I mass market it. So I got about five trademarks around that name and about 40 URLs. I went ahead and grabbed them all <laughs> before I launched it out, knowing that they would copy me. Oh, and today, yeah. Yeah. They, fa- they found URLs that I did not come up with. Of course. We have to send out I love it. All right, hold tight. Hold tight. I want to take a break here because you have got such a story. Now, and first of all, are you still paralyzed? Are you still in a wheelchair? No. Okay, well, I got to hear that on the other side of the break. My gosh. This guy, this is so interesting, you guys. John Clay Wolf, the John Clay Wolf Show. Uh, We'll find out where you can find that also and where it airs. You can find him at johnclaywolf.com on the web. You're listening to The Drive, and he and I are, well, we're brothers from a different mother, evidently. We're going to take a little break and be right back with more of John Clay Wolf. Stay with us. Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. All right, well, guest today, uh, I don't even quite know how to describe this gentleman. He's a competitor of mine on the radio, but I, I got to imagine had I met him at an auction somewhere, we would be best buddies because in many ways, we're very much alike. John Clay Wolf, the John Clay Wolf show on the radio stations. Also, you can find him on YouTube and wherever you can find podcasts. Give me the vin.com. The largest wholesale dealer in the country, generating nearly $5 billion in sales over the last two years, he says. He told me, though, he said, I just found out that he was in a wheelchair. It's all how it all started from an accident. And how did you, you were paralyzed. Give us that story real quick. Motocross wreck. I'm laying on the ground. 
they're like looking over me. I'm like, if you'll just take my boots off, I'll show you I can move my feet. And they're like, dude, we cut your boots off like three minutes ago. Oh, no. So they haul me to the meat wagon, take me to the hospital. He comes back. He said, do you want to go to Wichita Falls or Oklahoma City? Helicopter's on its way. I was like, please don't send me to either of those places. Just take me home. To Fort Worth, Texas, if I'm going to be in the hospital a while. Right. Go home. I'm in the hospital for six months. They rebuilt my back, put a bunch of metal in there. Wow. I was paralyzed for a couple of years. I mean, I'm still, my feet don't work properly. I use foot wraps, athletic foot wraps, to hold my feet up. But, you know, it took about two years to get to walking again. And when you see your life flash in front of you like that, the wife left me. The lady that runs all my money back then embezzled from me my mother died my dog died it was a sad country song right so i'm like okay i'm mad at it let's fix it and the radio show is how i started at the time i owned a little car dealership called vernon auto group and we started the show on the showroom of the dealership in 2006 so give me the vin came from that product i really thought i was my desire was to be a radio broadcaster because i didn't think i could do the car deal anymore but the bidding the cars on the radio really started working i'm like okay there's something here and i'm it savvy when i graduated college i came up with a computer patent i went to boise idaho with microtechnology and tried to develop a product an internet-based product i'm not crazy techie but i'm pretty good so i started working on wiring an automated system in the routing to bid cars for the public in mass electronically that still have a, a salesman's touch, if you want to know. My buyers are more like Starbucks baristas. They're not pushy, but they have a guy behind them that's a pit boss that's making the calls. You know, we bid the car at 22, it takes 22.5. Yeah, push. We bid the car at 22, it takes 22.5. Now we overbid the car, hold it 22. If they don't want it, that's fine. So that's what we're doing across the country wow. at Mission Control in Texas. And we've got about 250 guys that make all this happen. I love this. Now, you know what? I'm trying to figure out how we got put together here. And I have a feeling it's from your and my friends, Muffy and Gary Bennett. I have to think this is where it's coming from because you just told me you're you're meeting with them in Arizona who they used to be at Barrett Jackson. The point is that I'm I kept thinking we're, we're we're competitors. We're not supposed to be supporting each other. We're not supposed to be talking to each other. It'd be like Ford interviewing Chevrolet. It doesn't happen. But I got to tell you, I love what you're doing. I love how it was born. I love how your brain, the entrepreneur side of your your brain says, I'm not going to lay here and rot. I'm going to figure out a way for people to bring their cars to me. You guys check out his website, GiveMeTheVin.com. The VIN is the vehicle identification number. And he evidently, this is like the first time I've heard of anybody doing this kind of stuff, bids the car in real time. This guy holds the Guinness Book of World Record for selling the most cars in one day. I'm sure that's a story all by itself. 1,585 cars. But I want to continue this story. I hope you have a long drive to your ranch because there's a lot to unload here. You can also watch. Do you do your radio show where people can watch you doing the radio show on on YouTube? Is that what I understand? Yes. We've got about eight cameras in the studio. So I built this big barn, huge barn. And it has a studio 
on the top of it a video audio studio and down below is living quarters so the staff comes out friday and we hook it up and get ready for the show and wind up drinking a little bit time to time oh my and they gosh. sleep it's like it's like the cowboys quarters i love it so all right Hold tight. We'll talk more on the other side. I want I want to hear all about it, brother. This is all fun. You got me ignited here. I'm all ready to roll. I want to come and visit you. We're talking to John Clay Wolf. We're going to be right back with more of him. Stay with us. Just got paid today. Got me a packet full of change. The word never carries a lot of weight. Never forget, never settle, never surrender. And now Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up. With the 475 horsepower Durango SRT 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Special guest today, John Clay Wolf, CEO of GiveMeTheVin.com and host of the John Clay Wolf Show. In the background, you hear a little ZZ Top, little old band from Texas. Both John and I are from Texas. He's from, uh, let's see, where are you from? You're from Dallas, Fort Worth. Yep. And I was born in Houston and... and uh, Oh, boy, Texas. My sister lives in Stephenville, Texas right now, by the way. I need to come visit her. That's not far from me. I know. I know. When I go visit her next, which is coming up, I'm going to come out and see you guys. I would love to. It would be fantastic. So can I ask you then, let me just blow through a couple of these questions. How the hell do you sell 1,585 cars in one day? That's the inquiring minds want to know. Well... We sell about 1,000 cars a week. Last year, we did 53,000. And that day, the week before, the system went down with Mannheim simulcast. So we had to cancel an auction. So we're sitting there in 1,000 cars, and we have no auction. So you want to talk about scared financially, because we have to keep this rhythm going. I mean, we're talking about moving a lot of money, you know, $40, 50000000 million a day. Oh, my I call my treasury management guy. I'm like, can we hold them? Can we handle this? He said, yes, for a week we can. Okay, because I knew we were cutting it close. So I double stacked, and that's how we did that day, which was right at 1600 After a few arbitrations, it was like 1576 or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's how we did that. But, yeah, I mean, I've had 1,400 days. I've had 1,300 days. Last week we did 1,050. And we are we are the market maker. We're on the. I have nine lanes rolling at one time. One is in L.A. The other eight are in Dallas. We have cars all over the country, marshalling yards set up, and we syndicate through a hub in Dallas. It looks like a sports book meets New York Stock Exchange trading terminal. And I had Mannheim build me this vision that I had in my head, and they spent a lot of money doing it, but it. It, it was. I had proven myself to that point that they took a rider on it and built me this a studio almost is what it is. It's a car selling auction commodity exchange. Wow. I honestly, I see that you're friends with a, a lot of the folks that I'm friends with, Adam Kroll and Jay Leno and guys like that. 
I honestly can't figure out in, in our 30 years, both of us in the car business, 30 years plus, how have we not run into each other or, or something up to this point? But you know what? That's the beauty of, of growing old like me. I'm 63. You're a young guy. I have had so much fun with so many car people and, you know, from the Pebble Beach kind of wine and cheese, classic car kind of world to the, the old uh, rat rotter guys to the used car dealer. I Listen, I was a used car dealer back in the 80s. And I work with Auto Trader to this day. I used to buy the centerfold when Auto Trader was a magazine. That's how far back I go. Yep. But uh, I see, let me just ask you real quick about this Birmingham, Alabama, this ultimate barn find, John's big barn find. My mother was born in Birmingham. Tell us about that one. So we buy a 96 C4S manual Porsche from a widow outside of Birmingham. It has 600 miles on it. <laughs> My buyer found it. We bring it in. We sell it. And then the guy that bought it was arguing with me about, well, I don't, I think I, he thought he paid too much for it. So he started questioning the mileage. I was like, hey, you know what? Let's just stop. I want it back. I didn't want to sell it anyway. So I brought it back. It's in the barn. It's in the shop. And then two years later, here comes another one, a 97 C5 that first year with 80 miles on it. And I'm like, why did you not tell us about this when we bought the Porsche? She said, well, I need to buy a car for my grandson. I need the money. I'm like, okay. So we bought that car. I'm like, what else do you have? And she says, I've got some other stuff. I'm like, what else? She said, you'll find out later. I said, no, I need to know what else you're sitting on. She said, I'm not telling you that I trust you. And these, these two transactions have been golden with give me the VIN. And I'll call you when it's time. We bought 25 cars from her, funded her yesterday morning, uh, 1990 ZR1, 20 miles, oh. covered in plastic, unwrapped, a 454 SS Chevy truck with the leather jacket and the hats and the plastic all over the seats, <laughs> the transport badging still on it, 25 of them. Oh I was like, gosh. this is the mother load. 1971 Stingray, 12 miles, window sticker on it, plastic on the seats, Unreal. white with red. Unreal. So... I've been sitting on this. So once I found out, I mean, obviously, I'd, you don't tell anybody anything. Until it came time to wire the money, I called the gals at the office Sunday night. I said, okay, I'm fixed to run you through the fire drill. We're breaking every policy. We haven't validated all these titles. We haven't done all the things we do. We're fixed to send out a big wire in the morning, and it needs to be by 10 o'clock, because I promised it by 10 o'clock. And like, what have you done, John? I said, sent them a list. I said, run <laughs> lean histories on all these titles right now. They're like, it's Sunday. I was like, I understand. This is a once-in-a-lifetime ordeal. We got her paid. We have the trucks lined up. These cars haven't been started. You know, and people are asking, what are you going to do on recon? There is no recon. They're all perfect. These are Picassos. These cars will never drive anywhere. They'll never have oil in them. They drain them all out. <laughs> These cars will go from museum to museum, collection to collection. Oh, but guess gosh. whose collection they're in until I get tired of looking there at them. There you go. I am so excited. All right, hold tight. So, there's, there's more to this story. The question is, of course, what's next? Are any of them for sale? I got to know that. Uh, John Clay Wolf, the John Clay Wolf Show, his website is givemethevin.com and or johnclaywolf.com. This is The Drive. Don't go anywhere. We're going to spend the whole hour with him. Stay with us.
Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. It's worked for a quarter million businesses worldwide. It'll work for you. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. This is The Drive with Alan Taylor. You know, I've always thought that I was a wild man. I just thought, nobody does stuff like I do. You know, I I used to go to an auction and buy, you know, when I was in my 20s, 25 cars. And I thought, get out of my way. 25 cars. Used small, used car lot. I thought that was, you know, like, you know, the big deal guy. And as I got older, I could buy more and more and... But you have not only completely <laughs> blown my mind, but to have one day of you know one sale day and sell fifteen hundred cars, you mentioned something there about the recon, the reconditioning, getting cars ready to sell. I can't even imagine right. what it takes to do that on fifteen hundred cars, but let alone fifty three thousand last year. You must have the biggest detail shop and mechanic shop on on the entire you know continent. That's all I could think. We use mobile trucks. We have mobile mechanics. We have mobile painters. We have our own paint shop inside of Mannheim Auctions. We have an assembly line that is, I call it the feed yard. You mentioned earlier that you said this morning you went out and moved some cattle with horses. So you're familiar with the cattle business. This is a lot like that. We go out and buy loads from ranches, bring them in, put them on feed, get them fattened up, and get them sold quick. We spend about $600 per car in recon on average and we handle like smack to shinola i mean the, we have a million dollar car selling on wednesday uh 094 gt our average cost of car is about thirty four thousand dollars wow and even the largest exotic wholesale in the world for sure so we're not scared of the heavy stuff either mm. so we, our phone rings a lot on rolls and 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 McLarens and all the 911s. God, Porsches are so good right now. Good Porsche goes to give I know. Okay, we, okay. We, we are, 911s just won't stop. Let, let, me, let me say that again, because just in case you didn't hear it, he said, if you've got a Porsche for sale, go to GiveMeTheVin.com. They're paying big money for them because they're bringing big money. Somebody just texted me a question saying, you don't retail cars, you wholesale cars, because you mentioned Mannheim Auction. Do you have a retail right. business at all? I don't use the R word. It is a dirty word. <laughs> we have a, we only it. have a W license. So I gave up my retail license. To it, so we're not even allowed to sell one because I don't want to mess with it. I supply the dealers with the dope. Right, right. <laughs> That's my You're job. the pusher. That's my lane. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, 
that's what somebody I said, hey, can you get me a car for my kid? I said, that's like asking Pablo Escobar for a little bag of his, <laughs> his greatest hit. I said, I can't. Oh, man. Oh, hey, okay, let me ask this. I notice there's people sending me texts. The UAW strike, how is that going to affect your part of the auto industry? I'm just curious. Maybe, maybe. I already, I already cranked up, so yep. I was talking about our automated bidding system. Yep. So we, ha- we have an automated computer system. It looks like a great big soundboarded recording studio. Toyota, Corolla, this price line, this mileage. We tune that constantly from our auction results. So we have real-time numbers for the public at GiveMeTheVin.com. I've already tuned it up uh, $1,200. Oh, gosh, two weeks ago. I saw this coming. The increase started about two weeks ago. So there's no question. We're not going to get into the crazy COVID highs that we saw because the interest rate will keep that from happening. Right, right. But the cars are going to go up. There's supply demand. They're going to take supply out of the system and the demand will rise. Mm. Okay. Somebody just said, Alan, you got off course. What happened to the collection of cars? The barn find, is he selling any of those? I want one. I need to figure out what I'm going to do with them. I'm going to enjoy them for a moment. I have 25 zero mile collectible cars from night. There's a 56 Cadillac in there. There's a 65 short bed Chevy truck in there with plastic on the seats. The newest one, I believe, is a 98, the purple with yellow seat Corvette pace car. It's got like 12 miles on it. This guy, the the man I bought all these, I bought them from his widow. But his deal was he did not trust Wall Street. He did not trust the stock exchange and the brokers. So he parked his money in cars. But he's a smart fellow because he ordered the right stuff. I mean, an 01 Firebird Trans Am WS6. You know, everything he ordered was spec properly for this moment. He was a smart guy. I love it. I absolutely love it. You know, I got to tell you, whenever I buy, um, well, you know, like a Dodge Demon or something like that, my yeah. wife's like, we cannot afford that car. Why are you buying that car? I go, excuse me, how do we afford to do what we've done for the last, we've been together 41 years. Me playing with my cars, and yes, I typically do make a profit. Not everyone, but my track record is probably about 95 to 98%. So, because, you know, listen, that's a good question for you. Do you lose money on cars occasionally? Because everybody must. 20, 23% of the time. 23%? Oh, but you have to make it up in volume. <laughs> yeah, so we, we, we make 500, we lose 500. We make 1,500, we lose yeah. 300. We make 5,000, we lose 7,000. The most I've lost on one has been 100, and the most I've made on one, 100,000. The most I made on one was 130, and it was a 06 Ford GT with plastic in the seats and 20 miles. These delivery mile cars that are still new, that are old, that is a Picasso that has a value that you that no one understands. Right, it's a time machine, is what it is. Yes, it literally takes yeah. you back in time. So when I bought my first Demon back in 2018, a bunch of buddies we were all talking, and we're like, "That thing, you know, is 840 horsepower. That thing is going to go up in value because we're heading into the electric car era. And yes, you can get a thousand horsepower electric thing." 
But the reality is that people love internal combustion. They love the sound of the engine. They love the look and the classic feel of the old Challenger. You know, and then here's these new bar of soap looking cars, which I, they don't really do anything for me. But my wife almost divorced me when I bought that car for, I think I paid uh, seven. No, I got it. Uh, I got it for. Hold on, let me think about. It. I got it for window sticker, which was eighty three thousand. Eighty three thousand. And and now listen, listen. I got I got serial number zero 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 eight. Literally, and it was because I called the president of, of Dodge and I said, hey, do you have any of those demons left? And he goes, why? Do you want one? I said, I do. He says, well, we just had a rock star back out of it because they wanted us to give it to them. And he says, I don't give my cars away. He goes, I've got serial number eight. If you want it, it's yours. I went, I'll take it. But I'll tell you what. I'll tell you why I had to sell it on the other side. It's one of those stories. I want to talk more about you. Find John Clay Wolf and his radio show, The John Clay Wolf Show. You can go also to YouTube and watch him do the show. It's streaming all over the place where, where you can find podcasts. Also, give me the vin.com. If you got a car to sell, this is your man right here. He sold 53000 at wholesale auction. So he needs to buy your car. We'll be right back with more John Clay Wolf. Be right back. Stay This message comes to you from our sponsor, Subaru. Discover the all-new 2024 Subaru Crosstrek Wilderness. With exclusive technology and safety features, it's packed with upgrades to its off-road capability. Standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, 9.3 inches of ground clearance, 182-horsepower Subaru Boxer engine, and improved gearing to climb the toughest trails. See what's beyond the far boundaries of the map in a rugged cross-trek wilderness. Adventure on the Edge. Well, who can it be now? John Clay Wolf, the John Clay Wolf Show. You can find him. This is The Drive. I'm Alan Taylor. Uh, we both do car shows on the weekend. We're together on about 150 different radio stations. People love cars, and they love hearing people talk about cars. Uh, John is on with us. You can also find him at his name.com, johnclaywolf.com. Wolf is W-O-L-F-E, in case you do it wrong, but it'll probably pop up anyway. So, John, I had my demon. I sold it, and I'll tell you why. Both my parents got really old in their 90s, and they, they both passed within 30 days of each other. And it was like God took my my love of cars away i had i had like there was so much going on in my life i had no passion and when your passion is gone you're on the road to hell you know what i mean i was literally just didn't care about anything after my parents passed away and i was 60 years old so it wasn't like i was a kid but you know it's my mama and my papa yeah i know it was bad let me tell you so i i was it was uh, August of uh, 20, I don't know, whenever it was, 2020, I think. Anyway, I put the car in an auction, and I sold it for $126,000. Remember, I only paid eighty three, And I said to my wife, I go, there's why we bought that car, $40,000 profit, okay? 
Uh, now, you have to pay that darn <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. He actually, the auctioneer, by the way, like you, was my friend, and he says, just give me a couple of grand and we'll call it good because he knew what I was going yeah. through. I also, Ford Motor Company at that time had sold me serial number eight Mustang GT500 because they said, why don't you buy our car? And I said, well, if you give me serial number eight, I'll buy it. And they did. So I'm the luckiest guy in the world. But you know what? I never drove the car when I got it because by the time that that car arrived, my parents had passed. This is why cars get sold every now and then that you think, why is that guy selling that car? Because something happens dramatic in our lives that forces us to just jettison everything we have and start life over, kind of. So my question to you is, I sold the other car at auction, too, and I made a profit on it. It's, it then that didn't even matter. I wish I could have them both back. Have you ever had a car that you sold because business needed you to sell it in that moment, even though you wanted to keep it, but you were like, you know, the, the flooring guy was knocking on the door saying, hey, your flooring payment's due. Anything like that in your life? How much life? time do we have? Uh, you got about, uh, how much time do we have? You got about uh, three and a half minutes in this segment. Okay, I'll speed up. So, remember, I got, I was paralyzed. I went through an embezzlement. Life leaves. Everything's over. I'm oh. not going to walk again. I'm wow. broke. Yeah. I'm basically working for the bank, trying to figure out, should I file bankruptcy or fight through it? There you go. We did a controlled bankruptcy. I sold all my stuff with the bank, and we did not file bankruptcy. Oh, look at that. But I took a 72 Challenger and a 69 GTX that I converted as a clone, a clone satellite, that I converted to a GTX clone, and I hid them in my friend's hay barn <laughs> in the country. <laughs> Statute of limitations because is over. Knew, you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I knew when the, when the S hit the fan, if, right. if I didn't pull out of this, they were going to yank those cars from me. Right. And so when I got back in the business, I was like trying to get some money. I was trying to put those up as collateral and no one wanted them. So I did have to sell them. And ironically, that ranch that I built the studio in the car museum basically on, is my mind that ridiculous moment at my lowest low in a wheelchair broke hiding these two cars from the bank. And now I'm like, come on, bankers, come look at this. Wow. <laughs> so this barn fund that I just got, think about how long it would have taken me to find 25 General Motors products from 55 to 98 that are zero miles right. the best stuff of the best right. most of them vet and I mean it would have taken forever to put that together and it happened in one shot and they're on their way today to the ranch I just passed a haul truck rig no joke dropping one off and I'm just like this is a big day for me this yeah. is like it's like the karma thing right. it's weird it's coming around you know what the I gotta tell you around. And th this show, it's funny that, you know, here we are talking about this stuff, you know, a couple of uh, hardcore car guys. But I will tell you, and you and I are both proof, living proof, that sometimes you go through a really hard time in life and you have to give up things that you don't want to give up, but you do it because it's the right thing to do. And with me, it was always, you know, well, you know, I owe this friend money or that friend money. I can't, I can't screw my friends, you know, that kind of a thing. And I, so I didn't. And I got to a point in my life when I was in my 30s that I had nothing. But God somehow brings it all back and makes it 10 
to a hundred times better than you could have ever imagined. And here we are with John Clay Wolf. Today is that day for him. It's a hundred times better than it could have ever been. I mean, look at this guy. Guinness Book of World Records doing everything. Give me the VIN.com. If you want to sell a car, you need to go to that website right now and check out how they can bid it right on the spot by you giving your VIN number or your license plate number or whatever they ask for. And uh, I I love it. I want to come visit you in Dallas. We're going to come back with our last segment, uh, come up with a few more fun questions for John Clay Wolf. Don't go anywhere. It is The Drive. I'll get him high, show him what I've got. Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. This is The Drive with Alan Taylor. And thanks to our sponsor, Subaru. Uh, love, it's what makes a Subaru a Subaru. My new best friend, John Clay Wolf, is on the line. He has a radio show called The John Clay Wolf Show. You can find that at johnclaywolf.com. You can find it on YouTube or wherever you find podcasts. Give me the vin.com is his uh, amazing website where uh, you give them your VIN and they'll make a bid for your car. They sold the Guinness Book of World Records. Most cars sold in a single day, 1,585 cars. He does not have a car lot. There is nothing for sale to you with this guy. He wants to buy your car. So now the question is, how did you develop this to be a national Concern instead of just being a local thing in Dallas, Fort Worth, or wherever you live there. So it, that's tough. It, it, it's been the hardest thing I've done actually um, in a long time. So we win the state championship in Texas. We win the state championship in Louisiana. We win it in Oklahoma and Arkansas. So now we're going to go to Florida, California, Washington D.C. Do it everywhere. You get there and nobody knows you. Nobody cares. Who are you? What are you? You're nothing. <laughs> right. So you have to be humbled and start from scratch and go recruit people. And one thing we haven't discussed is airplanes. And I'm an avid pilot. Oh. I used to fly myself in a Beechcraft Bonanza and a Baron from auction to auction around the South, grabbing these cars, bringing them back to the Dallas market, and selling them at the Dallas auction. And so. An airplane is still a big part of my world. I travel at least one day a week, if not two. And ironically, this sounds crazy, but I went up to my neighbor's house. I was introducing him when we bought a new home. And um, 
we started talking about airplanes. He said, I've got this one for sale. He had a few of them, and he had a Falcon 100, which is like a Falcon 10. It's a jet, and it was the fastest airplane in the 70s and the 80s before the Citation 10 came out. And we made a deal on it that was too good to be true in the middle of COVID when nothing was selling. But I was like, this <laughs> thing can get me all over the country, just like that Beechcraft Bonanza did regionally. And it has. And I go out and I recruit good people and I make relationships with radio stations and people that I want to join the Give Me the Vin team. Like I said, I'm going to meet Muffy and her husband, yeah. Bennett, in Phoenix on, on Friday morning. She's joining Give Me the Vin. And then we're going to California. I've got to do a live appearance there. Then I'm going to L.A. to do the iHeart Radio Music Festival. Because iHeart's my big syndicator yeah. out of all the radio stations. I live a crazy life. But, <laughs> but building a brand nationally is way more difficult and expensive than I ever imagined. Yeah. And I, I hope I can pull it off. I see why Carvana and other people that have tried to do this fail because they spend too much money in marketing. Right. They just can't outrun the marketing bill. So that's how I've done it, just really hiring good people and paying them well, giving people an opportunity to change their life. I love, you know, you, you hear these stories, but I love watching guys grow. Just love it. Yeah. You know, I got to tell everybody, John Clay Wolf was on with us in our last commercial break. We were talking about kind of the, the cars we had to sell, and he said, you know, he goes, I, I blocked that out. I didn't even think about that for years since you brought up your story and then that came back to me. Isn't that interesting how we do block out the painful times in our life until such times we can look back, like for you with today with this big barn find that's about to land at your ranch. Today is the payback for hard work. By the sweat off your brow shall you earn your bread. Dude, you must be a sweaty guy. Because you work a lot. I'm, I'm a little tired. I'm a little tired. But <laughs> Give Me the Vin really started with those two cards we talked about a minute ago. The money from them. Yeah. Seriously. That's Amazing. How, that was the seed capital to fire up, back up. Yeah, I was paralyzed. I was heartbroken. I was divorced. It, it was a it, moment where you're like, do I still want to be here? Yeah, right. And I did. If I'm going to stay here, I'm going to make a splash and I'm going to run like hell because I'm getting a second shot at it. Yep. And you know, what is enough? When is enough enough? Yep. And I don't know. I had, I've had a really good offer last year to buy, give me the VIN for a amount of money that was, you know, you can imagine yeah, right? What, right. how crazy it was. Yep. And I passed. My wife said, you will drive me crazy. You will drive everybody crazy because you can't turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> and you have enough money, you're not going to do anything different. You're just going to be sitting around and go nuts. So yeah. don't sell it. This put your dream. Well, I, I'm playing uh, the uh, the theme song to Ferris Bueller's Day Off. You are my uh, official Ferris Bueller, John Clay Wolf, johnclaywolf.com, the John Clay Wolf Show. I've said his name enough times. John, I, I look forward to being on your show someday. Thank you for telling your story here on The Drive today. Enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Me too. My new best friend, John Clay Wolf. That's it for me this week, everybody. We'll see you next time right here on The Drive. Stay stay good. Stay uh, honest out there. Have a good weekend. 
the word never carries a lot of weight. Never forget, never settle, never surrender. And now Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up. With the 475 horsepower Durango SRT 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC.